Hey, welcome to the Bible Savvy Podcast, a weekly conversation on how to understand, enjoy, and apply God's Word. I'm your host, Nikki Lucas, and I'm joined by Executive Pastor Eric Ferris and Teaching Pastor Clayton Keenan. We're about to jump into another passage from the Bible Savvy Reading Schedule, but Eric, before we do... Hey, it's May, which means it is graduation season. Hey, Nikki. Yeah. What year did you graduate high school? Uh, I graduated in 2004. And what would be the top song on the Billboard charts in 2004? Uh, Well, I looked this up, and it was Yeah by Usher. Um, Along those lines, you also had like Pieces of Me by Ashley Simpson and uh, Drop It Like It's Hot by Snoop Dogg. All right. Clayton, what year did you graduate uh, high school? 2001. 2001. What was the top so, song in 2001? Uh, Lifehouse, Hanging by a Moment, which just oh. hearing that title, I have it stuck in my head yes. again. Of course you do. And then there were you know, a few other ones, some Alicia Keys, Janet Jackson, Train, Drops of Jupiter. That's that's also jumps right in my head. Mm, so, drops yeah. of Jupiter. Those yeah. are good, better than mine. Yeah. Well, it, some Destiny's Child, so, mm-hmm. I, you know. So you can't see me doing the hand motions. <laughs> Clayton is currently dancing to Destiny's Child. Wait, what what year were you? Did you graduate 2004. again? 2004. 2004. Yeah. See that that first that first decade of the 2000s. It was all very angsty, kind of. Yeah. But well, that that was kind of like the that was the result of like my whole Gen X generation mm-hmm. getting mad at everything. We were yeah. like latchkey kids that didn't know where our parents were, so we were mad at everything. <laughs> and so then like the first decade of the 2000s was. Was on the trail of that. All what right, about so, you, well, Ferris? Wait, what about you, eh? Well, I graduated in 1992, and oh gosh, I'm not even going to say what was the top song in 1992. But here are some. Here are some other ones. Now, everyone that's listening to this podcast yeah, like, is currently yeah, looking, up. Go look not, it up. It's not podcast appropriate. Yeah, I might as well say it, but I'm not going to. You all can look up what was the top song in 1992. But what else we have? We have some uh, "Achy Breaky Heart" by Billy oh. Ray Cyrus. <laughs> Oh, man. Was not a fan when I was in high school of that song. Uh, Tears in Heaven by Clapton. Oh. Yep. Yeah, I liked that song. Best Things in Life Are Free by Luther Vandross. I loved that song. Let's see what else. Uh, That's probably about it. I go down the the list here. Yep, that's it. That's all I'm going to mention. (laughs) May's graduation month. Happy, Happy graduation. Congratulations to all of you who are graduating high school, college, graduate degrees, nursing schools, everybody, certificate programs, whatever you're graduating. Good job. It's awesome. All right. Well, uh, Clayton, let us know what we're talking about today. All right. So we are going to be in the Psalms today. So we, our, our main reading that we're going through in Bible Savvy is the book of First Kings. And um, as you know, we also have weekend readings where we read through the Psalms. And we plan out the weekly readings pretty carefully. So we there's a specific order that we're doing the books in, and we kind of you know make sure that you know like we, we do books of the New Testament, books of the Old Testament, and all that. But we just do the Psalms in the order they come. So each weekend it's the next Psalm. We're not really you know trying to coordinate it with anything. But surprisingly, if you've been a listener of the podcast in the last few months, we have had multiple times where the the weekend reading of the Psalm just coincidentally lines up with the story that we're reading. Because a lot of the Psalms, they actually have kind of backstories. You'll see in, uh, you know, kind of as you're reading the Psalm, uh, maybe a little heading kind of before the Psalm starts, it says who wrote it or the occasion that it was written on. And in this case, this is uh, Psalm 72 is where we're going to be. Psalm 72 says a Psalm of Solomon. 
So you, you probably are familiar if you read the Psalms with Psalms of David, because that's the most common. He, he wrote the most of the Psalms here. But there are a few that are written by Solomon or other people. And so this is one that is a Psalm of Solomon. And it's really interesting to be reading the stories of Solomon and uh, all the kind of glory of his kingdom and what happened when they built the temple and all of these things. And then to read this Psalm, which is really about kingship. It's a prayer for the kings. It's, it, it was probably written um, in order not to just be used for Solomon, uh, but to be used for future Davidic kings. And so uh, this was a song that stuck around in the songbook and they would sing it or pray it as a prayer for the king. So uh, if you want to know more about interpreting the Psalms, we have stuff uh, you know to help guide you on BibleSavvy.com. Uh, we did a workshop on that uh, a couple years ago and it's on there. It's excellent. So uh, it's from a, a Bible professor from uh, Wheaton College. Um, and so you'll want to check that out. Um, but let's just jump in. Psalm 72. All right. Psalm 72 of Solomon. Endow the king with your justice, O God, the royal son with your righteousness. May he judge your people in righteousness, your afflicted ones with justice. May the mountains bring prosperity to the people, the hills, the fruit of righteousness. May he defend the afflicted among the people and save the children of the needy. May he crush the oppressor. May he endure as long as the sun as long as the moon through all generations. May he be like rain falling on a mown field, like showers watering the earth. In his days may the righteous flourish and prosperity abound till the moon is no more. May he rule from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. May the desert tribes bow before him and his enemies lick the dust. May the kings of Tarshish and of distant shores bring tribute to him. May the kings of Sheba and Seba present him gifts. May all kings bow down to him and all nations serve him. For he will deliver the needy who cry out, the afflicted who have no one to help. He will take pity on the weak and the needy and save the needy from death. He will rescue them from oppression and violence for precious is their blood in his sight. Long may he live. May gold from Sheba be given him. May people ever pray for him and bless him all day long. May grain abound throughout the land. On the tops of the hills may it sway. May the crops flourish like Lebanon and thrive like the grass of the field. May his name endure forever. May it continue as long as the sun. Then all nations will be blessed through him and they will call him blessed. Praise be to the Lord God, the God of Israel, who alone does marvelous deeds. Praise be to his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. This concludes the prayers of David, son of Jesse. All right, let's start with O, observation. Uh, the the uh, second step here in the common method. What do you guys see in this passage? Lots of... Uh kind of common themes of justice and righteousness and um, kind of like this good and right and honoring type of behavior. You know, that's, that's what, uh, that's what is built on prosperity, you know? If I think about it more broadly, instead of focusing on one particular thing that jumped out and you asked me, what is the job of the king? Yeah. If I just use this Psalm to answer that question, I say the job of the king is to make sure that those who are in need are helped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it's the, that, that theme of justice comes up again and again and it unpacks it. So, cause some, I mean, justice is obviously a hot word in our culture and there's controversy and there's all sorts of discussion about it. Um, but it comes up again and again in here, but then there are descriptions of what it looks like. 
And I, I notice that there are kind of two sides of those descriptions. One is to look at those who are in need and make sure their needs are met. On the other hand, it talks about uh, giving punishment to those who are doing the oppressing, you know, that are, that are, that are making it so that someone uh, doesn't have what they need. And I, I, I think it's interesting because I look at those two sides of things. And when, when you think about it, I don't want to get too deep into this because we don't want to get angry uh, feedback, but in some ways, those are the two sides of our cultural debate about justice. Like is justice about meeting the needs of people who are uh, downtrodden, oppressed, uh, marginalized, or is it about uh, preventing people from doing you know, wrongdoing? So it's, you know, criminal justice versus kind of, you know, social justice kinds of things. And we tend to say, well, we're going to argue about these two things, which side do you kind of fall on? And in the Bible, they just go hand in hand. Like they're right there together. It's almost as if our culture has taken two good things and said they've got to be enemies when God says, no, actually they're friends. Yeah, I've, I've been on the planet long enough to know now that when, when I feel like someone's trying to force me to pick option A or option B, it's normally a false choice. Yeah. It's normally both. I want something about both of them at the same time. What else do you guys see? One of the things that I saw was... Um, there are a lot of characteristics of the king that resemble the characteristics and nature of God. You yeah. Know? Like, he is someone who delivers people and takes pity on people and rescues them. And, and um, he is someone who endures forever and, like, deserves to be praised and honored. You know, like, it's, it's, it's pretty... Like, I think, like, if you didn't know this was about the king, you would think it would be about God. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Because, okay, so here's what it makes me think of. Like, because you talked about it, it looks like God. So I thought about the image of God. And so it, it brings me back to the first chapters of the Bible where people are made in the image of God and they're made in the image of God to rule. So they've got a, their job is to rule, to be kings and queens. And the way they do that is by reflecting God. And so this kind of ideal picture of a king, look, you, you could sometimes you could swap in the word yeah, God and yeah. you might still have an accurate sentence. Yeah, That's a really people, cool connection. I think if people didn't read verse one, where it says, endow the king with your justice, O God, and just read it, yeah. you know, like kind of without that that one little verse there, then they would, maybe they would think that they're they're reading it about God. One of my observations is coming from verses six and seven where it says, may he be like rain falling on a mown field, like showers watering the earth in his days, may the righteous flourish and prosperity abound till the moon is no more. My observation there is people flourish and thrive under good leadership. Hmm. So when I read that, may, may he be like rain falling on a mown field. Like you guys know, I like yard work. And just about <laughs> every time I see something that has anything to do with grass and flowers and water and, but man, when you mow, when you mow a field and then it rains right after, it's beautiful, mm. right? And it just seems so like so alive and so perfect. And so just that that imagery of what society is like under good leadership is is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I noticed the uh, the the time uh, span here it says may he endure as long as the sun, as long as the moon, through all generations. And then I also noticed the space. Like, may he rule from sea to sea, from the river to the ends of the earth. Um, and uh, it, it names some of the places there that are kind of in far end, you know, far south, far west kind of locations. And so it's it, it's interesting to me because it's, of course, a human king. And 
and and you know like um, people will you know you you see like an old timey movie and they'll say you know long live the king or may the king live forever or something like that and it kind of is just a, an expression of support um, but there is something really interesting when you're talking about let's be honest, a little tiny kingdom in the Middle East, right? Like, it's just, like, it's not a big place and they were not important. Like, Solomon was, like, the most significant king they had and it was for a very short amount of time that he was very influential on the world stage. But it's, they're, they're like a little nobody kingdom. And yet, here here is the image. A king that, that like, lives as long as the moon and uh, and rules everything. And so there, there is like the seeds of things here. Like mm-hmm. nobody, nobody in ancient Israel is really thinking we're going to conquer the world. Like they obviously didn't go out, go about doing that. They were not an imperialistic people, but there's something in the like, the like imagery and the heart and the, what it, what is, what is our purpose here on the, the earth that says something about what God's doing here should be everywhere and always. And it's, it's very evocative to me. Right, which we know, looking back on it now, the expectation of which is fulfilled in Christ. But if you go the other direction to the promise of it, to Abraham, where Abraham's told your family's going to become a great nation and that nation is going to be a blessing to every nation on the earth, they, they never really fully understood what, what that might mean. Of course, not in Jesus, but even, even in this point in history, you're right. They're just this little tiny group of people in the Middle East who are trying to fend off every powerhouse that's growing around them. Yeah. Well, I think of like in, in verse 17, it says, may his name endure forever. May it continue as long as the sun. Like we don't normally, I know like when I read lines like that, I, I immediately think of God and Jesus and that that talked about in, in the context of them, may his name endure forever. But when you think about it, like, when it comes up to uh, kings from previous, you know, generations, last stuff, like there were a lot of kings who today we still talk about, right? Like, you know, and we talk about the good things that they're known for and the terrible things that they were known for. And in this case, I, the prayer would be that, you know, like all nations will be blessed through him and they will call him blessed. Like it would be a good legacy. You yeah. know what I mean? That his name would endure con- and, and continue as long as the sun because of the good legacy that he had. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's a good king, mm-hmm. if they're doing like what it says in verse two, may he judge your people in righteousness, your afflicted ones with justice. If this king is doing all of these beautiful things and actually has influence that goes beyond the nation in which the king is over which the king is ruling, of course you would want the reign of that king to go on as long as it possibly could. So all these things make sense working together. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it, if you if this picture could actually come true, it's very very desirable to be in this kingdom. You know. Yeah. I, I look at, at verse eleven just to add on to that. It says, "May all kings bow to him, all nations serve him." Like we um we we call Jesus the King of Kings. That's a title that comes up in the the New Testament. But in some ways, it's a literal expectation that the rulers of other nations would bow down to Israel's king. That there would be. He would be a king over other kings. And so there's when Jesus fulfills that, it's not just like a nice title, like, oh, you're like the 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 best king of all the kings. It's like, no, literally, the rulers of the nations, the rulers of the world, at one day are gonna bow before King Jesus. Um, and 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 even in this, I, I keep thinking of, you know, like when you 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 hear like political not political songs, like uh, patriotic songs where like it describes a country in just grandiose terms. Like everybody, like America, the beautiful, like the, the beauty of America or like the land of the free and the home of the brave. Like uh, we're, we're mostly free and we're sometimes brave, right? Like, you know, but like we still, like you, 
you you like have these things that we aspire to and so you make these songs to say this is what we're about so that you know like what it what it looks like what we're what we're pursuing and reaching after um and you just i I find this to actually be a beautiful song that i wouldn't know how we'd use in like a worship service but as like a picture of like a a society society you'd want it's pretty inspiring should we give it to ben to try to set music (laughs) give our worship pastors (laughs) yeah you don't, you don't embrace the purple mountain majesty? I, well, I guess some of them are kind of purpley. I don't know. What about amber waves of grain? Yeah, well, I, yeah, we see some of those in the Midwest. We yeah. do see a lot of those. <laughs> Green waves of soybean is what I see in Elburn, <laughs> Illinois. Mm-hmm. Any other observations? Yes, I have one more observation. I'm actually getting it from the study notes in my NIV study Bible where it's talking about the notation Psalm 72 of Solomon. And then it says in the notes, either by him or for him. And then a funny clause, of course, both may be true. Right? So <laughs> it's one, I wrote myself a song. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one thing to pray for a leader, write a prayer for a leader. It's another if you're the leader and you write a prayer for yourself and then give it to the people to pray. This is what I want you to sing about me. Yeah. Um, all right, let's let's go on to the first M in comma, which could be either M. Really, we talk about this all the time. Uh, we're going to start with meditation, and I'm gonna I'm gonna actually read um, kind of three verses here in the middle because I I think it gets at the 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 heart of this kind of description of a king, um, and 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 I want us to spend 45 seconds pondering this and and, and meditating on it. He will deliver the needy who cry out, the afflicted who have no one to help. He will take pity on the weak and the needy and save them from death. He will rescue them from oppression and violence, for precious is their blood in his sight. Let's talk about the second M in comma, which is message. What message did you guys get out of these passages? If I focus on that phrase, precious is their blood in his sight, uh, then it is the, the desire to see people the way God sees people, to value people the way God values people, and to see circumstances the way God sees circumstances. So there, there are certain circumstances that breaks the heart of God that he looks at and he says, that can't stay like that. That should not stay like that. And so if I take all of that and abbreviate it even more, say to see the way God sees. Yeah, for, for me, um, this phrase like just keeps coming to my mind. Like he wants us to be good and right people good and righteous people, to do good, to do righteousness to people, um, to have his heart, to have his eyes, you know, and to just act according to how he would, he would treat people. Mm-hmm. I don't have a, like a 
I don't have a cool summary for that, but that's that's what I get. We we often joke about not having the perfect cool statement because part of the discipline of using the comma method sometimes is to actually sit there with a notepad or a journal and say, if I was going to write down in one sentence what I think the message of the text is today, what would that sentence be? It's actually a really good exercise. We get a little bit sloppy with it on the podcast, but <laughs> but it, it really is. Now, I wouldn't say do it in like a legalistic way, like my Bible reading didn't count today if I didn't write the one sentence message, but it is actually a pretty good pretty good practice because otherwise what you could fall into is the trap of, uh, I just, I read, I did my duty, but you never really think about it well. Mm-hmm. And ask yourself, what is this? What is the Bible communicating to me today? You could just do it out of a sense of obligation, which is not the point of Bible reading. We want you to understand, enjoy, and apply God's word, not just read it out of a sense of obligation. That's right. Uh, so, so my message, I, I, I think about this picture of the ideal king, and I think I'd say the ideal king brings justice to the oppressed and prosperity to the people. Um, I, I think I, I, those those pictures of of like the, the beautiful like society and the beautiful like the flourishing land and all of that is just is just so inspiring. Um, I it also makes me like I, I'm obviously saying the king because I'm pointing to Jesus. So like I feel like the the message really points at like they're they're singing the song about Solomon who as we've been reading like obviously did some great things. Like there are some things that were really fantastic about him, but. Um, we also see the cracks like there's wealth that's brought in just like the Psalm describes, but it also is pretty clear that he had some like forced labor to build his, you know, palace and city and whatever. And so some people are not happy. And like, as soon as he dies, we're going to see that things start to fall apart because there are cracks. And so this like points at that ideal King that we actually have, like we actually have a King who is going to make sure that all the needs of the oppressed in his kingdom are met and that the people flourish in his kingdom. And so um, the day is coming when that king's rule will bring that about. So uh, to me, that's a, a really um, kind of inspiring idea. All right, let's talk about application. How do we respond to this? What do we do? How do we, how do we react? So generally speaking, we're supposed to attach our application to the message. That would be very logical. Here's the message that I've... That's kind of how it works. Here's the message, <laughs> but I'm going to violate that today too, because I just had just had another thought here. It's, it's so obvious that it is connected to the text, but not to the message that I personally shared. Pray for our leaders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The people prosper under good leadership. So political leaders, church leaders, school leaders, whoever is in your life, in wherever you live, just think about the leaders that have influence over your children, over your community, over your state, in our country, and pray, pray for your leaders. Yeah, that's really good. Um, For me, if I tie it to my message, um, it's, it's this recollection of, of the fact that we serve a very good and compassionate God who loves and cares for people really well, way beyond, way, way beyond what we could really ever. Um, but because um, He dwells inside of us through the power of our spirit, like we do have the ability to be good and compassionate people, to be empathetic people, to look at the people around us and... Um, to take the time to know what's going on in their lives, to take the time to enter in and uh, to love them compassionately and to serve them 
Um, and that might look, I think, a lot differently for a lot of different people and circumstances in their life. But it's like, how, who are the people um, around us who need uh, who need some love, who need some compassion, who need us to come alongside and serve and care for them like Jesus would? Uh, my application is to pray the the prayers, two different prayers that we find in the New Testament. One is, come Lord Jesus, that there's there's a desire. Like when we don't see this, when we see you know, needs that aren't being met and we see, you know, people in communities that aren't flourishing, like to say, Jesus, come back. Cause that, that really will like, that's what we need, right? We need a good King and we need him here. Um, but then also pray your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. You know, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, Cause there is, e- even before Jesus returns, there is a, a way of saying, we want to see more of what the kingdom would look like to show up around us. And there may be ways that we can act to make that happen. There are also ways we can pray to make that happen. Um, but to actually say, this is what we desire. And we want, we don't really want to settle for, for less than that. We want to say, no, Jesus, act and move. Uh, so to actually pray for the kingdom to come. All right, friends, that's all that we have for you. Thanks for listening. Join us again next Monday for a new episode. We'll be looking at another passage from the Bible Savvy Reading Schedule. And in the, in the meantime, if you're not following along with the reading plan, you can check out BibleSavvy.com to download it and to start reading along. Also, you can subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. You can email us your questions or suggestions at podcast at BibleSavvy.com. Lastly, tell your friends, and we'll talk to you next week.